1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.
2: Welcome to episode 34, Paula.
1: Episode 34. It's almost the number of years we've been married.
2: It's getting close.
1: Wow. It's a commitment right there. 34 weeks in a row.
2: Going strong. (laughs) Having fun with it. Yes. Tell me about your training this morning
1: had a run this morning and i ran with kelly and we got up fairly early i thought but we did not beat the heat it was humid so we were both carrying hydration kelly ran out of hydration about i don't know an hour and 10 minutes into our hour and 40 minute run we were carrying the same amount but i guess she was consuming it at a quicker rate than i was but I got on the scale afterward, having consumed my 16 ounces I was carrying and also having consumed another full bottle of bottled water, and I'd still lost three pounds, so I thought I'd done better than that, but it was humid. I was drenched. looked like I'd been in the pool, but I was pleased, had a marathon pace effort for the last 15 minutes, and I haven't gone back to look at what that pace turned out to be but i felt like i kept it right at the effort i would want to give in a marathon
2: that's great and i've been kind of busy today with exercise and other things and family time and coaching other athletes so i haven't looked at your data today well we'll get to it yeah so talking about my training today if you're finished talking about yours yes oh So I got up early this morning and I rode the bike with Jacob as he was doing his long run. And I didn't notice it being super hot and humid, but I was on a bike. And he wasn't complaining too much either. He had quite a bit of his sports bottle left, but you all were going quite a bit longer. So it was getting hotter as the day progressed. And then I did a little bit of coaching and then I went to the pool to do my long swim of the week. I try to get in a long one on the weekends and shorter ones during the week. But I've enjoyed using my Father's Day present.
1: Father's Day present? What may you have gotten for Father's Day?
2: Well, I was quite surprised that I got the Form Smart Swim Goggles.
1: Oh, you mean those? Goggles you've been shamelessly asking for on all of our podcasts? It was just a
2: suggestion. (laughs)
1: Well, happy Father's Day. You earned them.
2: It was a, a really good present, and I have enjoyed them. It's pretty cool being able to see your pace, your interval time, or your total time, or your distance, or your strokes per minute as you're doing your laps. You don't have to stop at the wall and look at your watch. It's also pretty cool that it detects when I start and stop swimming, so I don't have to push a button to indicate a lap. And when I stop at the end of an interval, the display in my goggle says rest. And then it it shows the cumulative time from the beginning of the interval. But I've enjoyed learning about those. And one of the things I've noticed, which I guess I knew this already, that my strokes per minute are really low. I really need to work on my swim cadence. I think that'll make a big difference in my speed.
1: Yeah, I think I was analyzing yours and Bethany's swim, most recent swim videos here lately, and that's the one comment, feedback that I gave you. I think the rest of it looks pretty good. I did notice, though, in your open water swim, your left arm goes in a little narrow. Mm. So you have to, you know... Work on that. Work on that penguin drill.
2: All right. There we go. But overall, I think it looked good. Yeah. So I did, as you mentioned, get in one short open water swim this week, which has been nice. First one of the season. But we were in a rush, so I didn't get too far away from the jet ski. Just did some circles around the jet ski, really just to try out the new goggles in open water. It was nice.
1: It was cold. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the wind was a little bit cool that day.
1: You mentioned that we had the family over today, and that was just kind of a surprise. I was delighted. I was practicing my violin, and suddenly I realized my family, my whole family, was at the pool. Yeah, So I put surprise. surprised. I put my violin down and went outside, and oh, our sweet little baby, she has finally decided that she'll walk independently in my presence. She's been... Walking independently when she wants to since about 13 months. But she wants to hold grandma's hand when she walks. But today, she was just toddling along all by herself. And then I was like right beside her because I was scared she was going to get too close to the pool. So then I was just wishing she was holding my hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always nervous she's going to stumble and fall and scratch a knee.
1: She probably will.
2: Oh, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun watching her grow and develop, and she's learning something new every day.
1: She is developing that little language now. She's a little mockingbird.
2: So I'm pretty excited that the Tour de France started this weekend. The what? The Tour de France.
1: Never heard of it. <laughs>
2: mm. Well, if you hear any news about it, don't tell me because I haven't seen anything well, I yet. Well, I'm going to tell you
1: what happened today. Mm hmm. Well, let me guess what happened today. There was a breakaway, and then in the last eight kilometers, the Peloton overtook the breakaway (laughs) and won the race. That's my hypothesis.
2: It's quite likely. (laughs) Quite likely. but So exciting. But that's part of the intrigue, the surprise, is sometimes the breakaway wins.
1: Actually, I can usually tolerate when you're watching the Tour de France in front of me because I feel like you fast forward often. I'm sure when you're out on your bike just spinning in the garage, you're probably watching it all. But in my presence, you kind of fast forward to the highlights, which is
2: tolerable. Yeah, I really like to watch an entire cycling stage. I mean, not during one sitting at the bike because I'm not riding four hours at a time.
1: On the trainer. You could if you wanted to.
2: My uh, life schedule right now doesn't really accommodate (laughs) that.
1: This is true. Full-time job and coaching. You're a busy guy.
2: Yeah. But I do enjoy watching the tour and uh, any other pro cycling race as well. So I'm looking forward to either catching the highlights or catching some full stages in replay. But then also the Olympics are coming up. We're getting really close. Summer Olympics are
1: awesome. You've got track and field, and you've got the marathon, and you've got relay triathlon.
2: It's going to be exciting.
1: Men's and women's triathlon. Yeah. All the things. Yeah.
2: And I enjoy the swimming also. But there, there's just so many events in the swimming. It's really hard to keep up with them all. But it's just incredible how strong these swimmers are
1: yeah i can hardly watch the gymnastics and the diving because bethany our daughter did both of those sports and i would just get my stomach would get in knots when she was competing because she worked so hard and there's just i don't know there's so much that can go wrong on a balance beam or a diving board (laughs) yeah she was a brave little thing. Or the she?
2: uneven bars, or the floor routine, or, or the vault. <laughs> oh um, my goodness! There's the so vault, many things. The vault. Mm.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure her coach saved her life going over the vault one at one meet.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> it was impressive. Just yeah, like have you ever seen that commercial about uh, Chuck Norris where the, they were saying that uh, this cat or something had chuck-like reflexes. Anyway, the coach had chuck-like reflexes.
1: (laughs) This is true. And
2: went from just watching to jumping out and catching her in midair. (laughs) It was pretty impressive.
1: Yes, it was. And
2: we were very thankful. (laughs) Thank you, Coach Bill, if you're listening.
1: But most of the time she landed on her feet.
2: Most of the time. And there's another sporting event that I just Found out about just this week, and it's coming up in September this year. It's the Super League Triathlon Championship Series. Have you ever heard of that? No. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you about it because it's pretty cool. It's a series of races, very short, like super sprint type races. But some of the races are going to be back-to-back-to-back triathlons. So the same people, they swim bike run, then they jump back in the water, swim bike run, jump back in the water, swim bike run. But it's action packed and it's ITU format. So they can draft on the bike.
1: How many times do they swim
2: bike run? It's two or three times. I don't know all the rules yet because mm-hmm. I just found out about it. But I, I I did see a video and I visited their website. It it really looks interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it in September. But in the ITU format where you're allowed to draft on the bike, it's so important to be a strong swimmer so that you can get on the bike with the lead bikers and stay in that draft. And then you got to be a strong runner to get back in the water and be a strong swimmer to get back on the bike and stay in the draft. Anyway, it's pretty exciting. But the uh, Super League Triathlon series has different formats of races and over the course of the series athletes can earn a reward called the short shoot
1: say that ten times really fast
2: i don't think i will (laughs) no telling what will come out but uh, i had to do some research to figure out what the short shoot meant (laughs) although i did see it in in one of the videos But it gives you an opportunity based on um, how well you've done earlier in this race or earlier in previous races. You earn an opportunity to cut the course on the run. Just a little bit, maybe 10 or 15 seconds of a shortcut.
1: So is this like earning flower power in Super Mario?
2: That's a good analogy. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. It seems like I remember there were some shortcuts in Mario Kart. Oh, yeah, there were. You had to know where they were, though.
1: I probably didn't know where they were. It's probably why you won. I feel like you and Jacob would hand me a controller and not tell me anything just so you guys would have somebody to crush. Hmm.
2: (laughs) You're being modest. You were competitive.
1: (laughs) After I learned all the secrets.
2: But in this... Super League Triathlon Series, the athletes who have earned a short shoot can choose when to take advantage of it. Or maybe in this particular race, they want to—they don't want to use it. They want to save it for the next race. But anyway, that's just an added twist.
1: Can you earn more than one and use more than one in a race?
2: I don't know that answer. Hmm. But I'm looking forward to watching it and learning more about it. In September it's gonna be exciting because it's really fast on a closed short loop course so it's very spectator friendly you're gonna have lots of cameras yeah you're gonna be able to see all the action
1: is it within driving distance no mm. no um, no I was thinking vacay road trip
2: mm. most of it's gonna be across the the ocean
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah.
2: someday <laughs> Well, are we ready to get into t- to today's podcast topic?
1: If you have one, I've got nothing.
2: You got nothing, huh? I've got nothing. Mm, all right. I've been working on one. It's entitled When You Can't Run. Oh. Whether you're a triathlete or a runner, you need to be able to run. Sometimes, with all of the, the pounding that you have when you're running, you develop an injury. Very frustrating. But it just requires patience and, and uh, you know, physical therapy, prayer.
1: Creativity.
2: Creativity. And you'll eventually get over it and be able to do what you enjoyed doing. But in today's podcast, we want to talk about what are some things you can do to help you with your run fitness when you cannot run. Now, now if you're a triathlete and you can't run, you can still focus on your swimming. You can focus on your cycling. You can focus on transitions while you can't run. But if you're a marathoner or a 10K specialist or or whatever, you really want to be running as much as you can. But we're going to talk about other options while you are unable to run. So one of the things that a lot of people have heard of is pool running. Have you done pool running before?
1: I did. Maybe the first six weeks of my Ironman Louisville training block, all of my running in the pool.
2: Yeah, and it worked out well for you.
1: Yeah, I was dealing with a little bit of Achilles and ankle issue and just trying to focus on what I could do. And again, as a triathlete, I had plenty of hours in the pool and many, many hours on the bike. So I was building my cardio fitness. And then for run fitness, I was doing Pull running. So, I guess a little bit of concern is once I started running, would that impact just aggravate everything? But it all worked out great.
2: Yeah. So, when you do pull running, you want to try to mimic your run form as much as you can. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes when I've done pull running in the past, I've done more of like a high knee drill. It's a really great workout, but it's really not the same as running because nobody's going to do an hour of high knee drills.
1: Yeah. When I was pool running, of course, I put a belt on to help with the floating part staying above water, but I would really try to focus on engaging my glutes and driving from my, my pelvis. Like I really try to think about, okay, what does run form look like, but... If I would stop thinking about that, I would catch myself in more of a high knee type drill. So yeah. I think that's true.
2: Yeah. And you've nailed it. You want to try to work the same muscles that you would be working if you were running on the treadmill or on the road. And so you want to think about driving the knee forward rather than up. You don't want to bring your knee up even with the water. and. As you're driving your knee forward, in a normal run motion, you're going to pivot your knee and, you know, extend your lower leg out a little bit. But if you're actually on the road, you're not necessarily going to want to land in that position, but your lower leg ends up in front of the knee before it comes back and you make contact with the ground. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense. I mean, obviously, when you're running, you don't want to, you don't want your foot to strike in front of the knee. You want your foot to strike just behind the knee, really. Yeah. But there's probably at some point when you're in the air that that foot is a little ahead of the knee.
2: Right. And then as you, as your leg is recovering, as your leg is coming backwards, and the other leg is moving forwards, you want to. Think about bringing the heel up and somewhat extending that leg out behind you as if you're pushing off. Just try to mimic the running motion as much as you can. Now, if you have a somewhat shallow pool where you can still touch the bottom but have you know a lot of your weight taken off of you because of the buoyancy of the water, then you could... Actually, run with more of a running motion and, and touching your feet on the bottom. Now, I've done this before, and I enjoyed it, but I learned pretty quickly <laughs> that you need to wear some shoes.
1: You have those funky looking. What are those shoes called that your toes are actually with little yeah, sort of five fingers. fingers? Yes, five toes is what they should be called.
2: Yeah, yeah, because it's quite likely that the surface of the pool is going to rub the bottom of your feet raw.
1: Or be extremely slippery. Could be slippery. The bottom of our pool is extremely slippery.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: That vinyl surface. I don't
0: know that I've done any
2: pool running in our pool where I was actually trying to make contact with the bottom.
1: Yeah, the pool running I've done in our pool has been in the end where I cannot touch, but sometimes I'll do my lateral, like side-to-side exercises in the pool, and it's slippery.
2: But as you mentioned, if you're going to do pool running in a pool that is deep, you'll want a swim belt or something around your waist so that you can float. And I like to take a stretchy cord. There's probably a more official name for a stretchy cord. (laughs) stretchy cord and loop it around the swim belt and then also loop it around the starting block at the pool at the local health club so that I'm not progressing down the lane. I don't like to have the mindset when I'm pool running and my feet can't touch that I need to be moving forward because I find that when I do that, I'm like cupping my hands and as I'm driving my arms, I'm trying to pull water with my hands. And that's not exactly (laughs) what I'm going. Is that because
1: you're trying to race somebody like me?
2: (laughs) I just feel like I need to be counting laps rather than just...
1: Concentrating on form.
2: Form and time. So I like to use the stretchy band.
1: I just progress down the lane, and I don't care how long it takes me. Yeah. But either way, is equally effective, I'd say.
2: Yeah. The main thing is focus on your form. And it is a good idea to also try to have the proper arm movement when you're doing your pool running. Don't exaggerate it. Just try to have a natural arm swing. But everything you do in the pool is more difficult because of the tension of the water so it's a really good workout.
1: I mean, more difficult, but much less like zero impact on your injury and on the frame.
2: Yeah. Yep. So if you choose to do pull running, there are some different workouts you could do. The most common is just like an endurance run where you're just going at a steady pace for a certain amount of time. Now, if you were to do this, Paula, what do you think your cadence would be?
1: I was just thinking about that because when I was pool running and it's been, thankfully I've been healthy for four years. So it's been four years since I've been pool running. But I can remember trying to get my cadence to equal what I did on the road. Oh man, that water was slowing my legs down. (laughs) But I don't remember what, what it was. But I would even do, I would do some endurance just, aerobic threshold runs in the pool, but you had also given me like one minute hard and one minute easy intervals, some things like that. And that's when I was really trying to get my cadence going. I was getting my heart rate up.
2: Yeah. You're jumping ahead in this podcast, but oh. you're, you're right in line with where we were going. Oh. So if you're doing a, just a long, steady endurance pool run, If you were to check your cadence, it's going to be much less than you would have if you were out on the road. If you want to do a harder workout, let's say it's an interval workout, then you want to put forth some effort and increase your cadence, which means you're forcing those muscles to fight against the water, still focusing on good form, but try as best you can to get up to around a 90 cadence or higher.
1: 90 per leg, like 180.
2: Yeah, 90 per leg or 180 for both. So that would be interval work. And maybe you do several sets of one minute. And that's a really good workout.
1: It is. So, I was really surprised when I transitioned back to road running, how much fitness I still had with running. Of course, you know, I was also cycling and swimming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think the pool running helped.
2: Yeah. And again, you want to make sure that you're not, when you're doing your interval training, that you're not doing high knees. Try to maintain the running Running form.
1: It's It's also, you know, thinking about it too, back to, I know we're talking about injury, but if somebody has a really poor running form, you can really hurt yourself on the road trying to change your running form. But if you get in the pool... And think about good running form and kind of transition a little bit in the pool. That help you on the road.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, another pool running workout you could do is hill repeats. Now, this is your opportunity to do your high knees. You still want to mimic the running form as much as you can, but focus on increasing your cadence and raising your knees higher. But if you're doing the hill repeats, about 30 to 60 seconds and try to get your cadence up close to 90 maybe a little bit higher but probably not as high as you would if you're doing your intervals because your legs are going through a, a wider range of motion
1: so when you have this I've never tied a band around me
2: mm-hmm.
1: and done pull running but when you do the intervals I'm assuming that band stretches farther
2: Not necessarily, because the only reason the band would stretch farther is if your motion is trying to drive you forward.
1: Yeah, well, I was thinking about a friend of ours let us borrow one of those swim bands that you put around your waist and Mm -hmm. attach it to the ladder and you can swim in the pool. And I remember you were just swimming in place and staying in the same place. And then Jacob comes over, and he tries to swim really hard and get that band stretch to the other side of the pool because he was really increasing his cadence and effort. Yeah. (laughs) So I just wondered if if I was strapped to a band and I was doing those intervals, if I would then be trying to get farther down the lane.
2: You might be, but... (laughs) I guess from my experience is, unless I open my hands and make them like cups, then I I don't have a whole lot of forward motion. Maybe a little bit.
1: I just feel like I naturally get a little bit of forward motion. And then when I was trying to increase my cadence, I do feel like I got from one end to the other more quickly. I don't know. Interesting.
2: Yeah. And one more type of workout you can do in the pool.
0: And, And all these
2: workouts have to do with cadence, but... You could do tempos, maybe three to seven minutes at a cadence, somewhere between your endurance cadence and your interval cadence, so somewhere maybe around 70, 75,
1: 150.
2: Yeah, depending on how you want to count it. Mm -hmm. So those are some options in the pool. Now, one other thing you could do in the pool, if you have access to it, which... We don't, although we did look into it at one point, and that's an underwater treadmill. How cool would that be?
1: (laughs) We kind of looked into it. I don't know that we were ever going to do that. (laughs) I think you're looking at me like, oh, I was going to do it.
2: (laughs) We were thinking about getting one of those infinite pools at one time, and one of the options with that was to get a treadmill in the bottom of it.
1: What was that podcast we did and we had, like, the cash
2: register going, ching <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> what was that called?
1: I don't remember.
2: Race Day Registration. Yeah. Race Day Registration Mistakes. <laughs> Cha-ching! Yeah. All right. Moving on from being in the pool. So there's also some anti-gravity treadmills. And I've used one once, it was the Alter-G treadmill. And that was pretty cool. Um, at the time, the injury I was dealing with, I could still feel it when I was on that treadmill. But the way it works, as I recall, is you, you stand on this treadmill and they wrap this Alter-G, the rest of the device around you. And it makes a seal around your waist and then it's like they put pressurized air in this bubble around your waist. And they this basically lifts you up a little bit to take a little bit of pressure off your legs. And then you run.
1: And I guess they can
2: vary that. Yeah, Yeah, they can adjust it based on how much weight they want you to have on your feet.
1: They could actually pull you up off the ground. You could just be running in the air.
2: (laughs) I don't know. That's quite likely. Then there's also the elliptical. You've got some experience on the elliptical, don't you?
1: I do. After I was feeling healthier with my pool running, I transitioned to the elliptical next. And again, I was working with Craig Pfeiffer, our physical therapist, and he was kind of helping us gauge when I could transition to running But I wasn't on the elliptical very long, just maybe a week or so, and then was able to transition back to running.
2: Yeah. I've never been a huge fan of the elliptical. My running style, I I run more on the forefoot, and I think that causes me on the elliptical to slide my feet forward. And I I suppose on the elliptical, you're not even supposed to pick up your feet. But for whatever reason, my feet slide forward until they're bumping up against the front. And then that gets uncomfortable after a while. I haven't been a big fan of the elliptical.
1: But it is a nice cardio. If you're only a runner and you don't have access to a pool and you're not a biker, then an elliptical... Is a good low-impact option. Yeah, yeah, definitely
2: low-impact. Another piece of equipment that I feel like is really good for helping you with your run fitness, especially when you're injured, is the step mill. And we've got one of these at our local health club. And if you don't know what it is, it is, it's like a treadmill of stairs. And so you you hop on this and you turn it on and the stairs start moving and you have to start walking on the stairs to keep up with the pace, just like you would on a treadmill. And you can increase the pace. And that is a really good workout.
1: How does that compare to a traditional stepper?
2: I feel like this is a better workout because, to me, it works more muscles, more specific muscles related to running than a stepper. To me, the stepper, it's just like a a calf buster. It's just all calves. Do you agree?
1: You can definitely make it all calves.
2: Yeah. And if you don't have access to the step mill, you could just go upstairs. And I was very intentional about saying going upstairs and not up and downstairs. Because if you're injured, you're probably going to want to avoid going downstairs. So maybe you go up, As many flights of stairs as you can. Take the elevator back down. Go up. Take the elevator back down. Round and round and round.
1: That would make for an interesting workout at the health park.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) So our son Jacob, he's been helping my dad clean out his attic because he's downsizing. And he said that, I guess this was according to his his, uh, Garmin watch. It said he went. A hundred and forty-six flights of stairs. That's quite a bit. Is that what it was?
1: He was going up and down those steps with armfuls of stuff all day. Yeah. And half the next day. And then they went to the basement. But I think with the basement, maybe they were going out. It was a walkout basement. I don't think they're having to utilize the steps from the basement.
2: I don't know, but that's a lot of steps.
1: That's a lot of stuff. He said they took over 3,000 pounds of stuff to the dump.
2: My mom and dad <laughs> saved a lot of if things. If the
1: children touched it, it was sacred. Yes. And it was saved.
2: I love my parents. <laughs> um, what do you think about the upper body ergometer?
1: Well, let me tell you what. It looks like the easiest thing in the world. You just go sit down. Just crank your arms for about 8 seconds and then you're dead. <laughs> I don't really think
2: it helps a lot with run fitness, but it's an interesting machine.
1: Oh, it builds some cardio fitness if you do if you're patient and build endurance with it, but most people try it and go, "This is too much."
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: That machine sits empty at our health club more than any machine. Yeah. People aren't tough enough,
2: but you're tough enough.
1: I was pretty much, whew, I'd rather be running for sure.
2: (laughs) All right, so cycling and swimming are, are really great for building your aerobic capacity, and cycling certainly strengthens your legs, but it's really not the same as running. However, if you do some short, hard efforts during the bike ride where you're standing up You can get close to the running motion, but you want to be careful because this may also irritate whatever's preventing you from running. But that's a good option for doing a workout when you can't run, as long as it doesn't impact your injury.
1: What's the name of that hill out in the East County that's really, really steep? And just when you think you're finished, there's another...
2: Are you talking about Bratcher Hill?
1: I think it's a different one. Taffy? Maybe taffy. I don't know. But you got to stand up on that one.
2: Yes, you do. And it reminds me, because, you know, the Tour de France is going on. I remember the, seeing, the what? I remember seeing Chris Horner in the Vuelta a España one year. He stood up, going up this mountain. It must have been 30 minutes he was standing up. and He, that,
1: he was working on his run fitness.
2: He was... Putting a hurt on Vincenzo Nibli is what he was doing, (laughs) who kept putting in surges, but Horner just maintained his own pace and ended up doing really good. And then Alberto Contador, he was known for standing up for long periods of time on the climbs. Anyway, so that's a good way of working on your running muscles, standing up on the bike. You may need to lean forward just a little bit to get the glutes involved a little bit more, but something to try.
1: So, I think one of the most overlooked or underrated ways to continue training when you can't run is walking. I know when I was injured and on that long three year road to recovery after the femur thing, when I was released to do so, I laced up my shoes. And went out the door every day with the mindset that I was going to run, but knowing I probably couldn't. So I would take a step or two and just realize my body still wasn't ready for running. Like I would take a jogging or running step or two. And then I would just walk and just enjoy walking. And then the next day, put on my shoes and get out the door, which I think is awesome to do. And then... Try to run two or three steps, knew it wasn't happening. And I probably did this for a month and a half to two months before I was able to finally run one lap around our neighborhood, which is, what, a third of a mile?
2: Yeah, about a third.
1: Yeah, so two things there. The walking was good for my body, and I just felt like even though I knew I wasn't going to be able to run, I just felt like trying a couple of steps every day was just reminding my body what I was expecting it to do.
2: Yeah. You were very consistent and it paid off. And answered prayer. Answered prayer. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Walking is a a great strategy when you can't run. And, And when I've had some injuries, that's been a good option for me as well. But it takes some discipline to get up, stick with your exercise routine, and choose a walk when you can't run. But it's important.
1: Yeah, and when we have athletes that are injury prone or recovering from an injury, sometimes the workouts that we plan for the day may be a couple minutes of an easy run followed by a minute or two of an easy walk and just kind of alternate back and forth with their understanding that if the running steps hurt, it's just a walk that day. It's a day to be outside and enjoy What you can do, you can walk today.
2: Yeah, you're still going to get your heart rate up, and you're still getting a little bit of pressure on the legs and building back a little bit of stamina to the pounding of running.
1: Yeah, and you're keeping yourself in the habit of getting out there every day.
2: Yeah, that's important. It is. When you can't run, you want to make sure that you're doing all the physical therapy that you're prescribed to help you recover, and then... Consider doing some strength training for your core and the leg muscles that are unrelated to the injury. And the main thing is just don't give up.
1: Yeah, and I think when one thing falls apart, people tend to let everything fall apart. So if you're only a runner and you can't run, still focus on healthy nutrition, eating the right things, getting sleep. Am I still in your thunder?
2: (laughs) Hey, we have...
1: Great minds think alike.
2: That's where I was going next. You go ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's about what I would say.
2: And consistent (laughs) exercise. Yes. You want to stay in your routine. So if you're used to getting up in the mornings and running, just because you can't run doesn't mean you should spend that time sleeping unless you're not getting enough sleep. But get up and do what you can do to maintain your routine and to to build fitness.
1: And if anybody understands this, I'm going to say I'm right up there with the people who understand it. Because when I broke my femur, it was a three-year process before I could really run again. And I just, I had to be patient. I had to do other things. I had to swim. I had to bike. I had to especially hone in on the nutrition because I wasn't burning nearly as many calories. And, you know, you're out walking and seeing all the other people running. Like, it's it's a hard thing for a runner to endure. But you just have to trust that everything happens in God's timing and in God's plan. You just have to trust him through the hard times. And yes, that, that three years, I lost some fitness, but I had to focus on what I could do rather than what I couldn't do and just had to be thankful. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just don't lose hope. There will be highs and there will be lows, but just don't lose sight that uh, there are better days ahead. So the last thing to do when you can't run and you really want to run It's just pray to God for healing. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's healed people in the past, and he can heal people now. And that brings me to the scripture I wanted to share today, which is, it's a parable that Jesus shared out of Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. So that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Jesus said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. So Jesus is saying, keep praying, keep praying. Keep praying. Don't give up. He loves you. You got anything else you want to share?
1: (laughs) Do you hear the fireworks in the background?
2: It's getting close to 4th of (laughs) July. I didn't hear them last night.
1: Oh my goodness. They kept me awake last night. But so we digress.
2: So we digress. So we have a Facebook group. And if you'd like to join it, just reach out to us. Look for us at RYR Endurance Team. And we'll let you into the group. And if you have questions about this podcast or other podcasts, or you have a topic you'd like for us to cover, we'd be glad to hear and answer any questions you might have.
0: At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com, or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com.
1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor, give us a five-star review, and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.